flowery haven I can't bear the desolation I'll run away I'll run away I'm despicable translated from Puccini Madama Butterfly The Bedroom Kane gives Lena a clue as to where his next secret mission will be they will be under the same hemisphere if you step outside and look up he says Kane continued we'll be looking at the same stars angle across Kane on Lena Lena rises up on one arm. Lena. Holy Holy fucking shit. Kane. What? Lena. Are you kidding me? Kane. What? Lena continued. You think think that's that's what I do do while you're away? Second eight. Angle under Lena on Kane. Kane hesitates. Kane. What? Lena. You you think I'm in the garden? Angle across Kane. Angle across Kane on Lena. Lena continued. Pining, looking looking up at the sky. Second 14, angle from above as Kane laughs. We can see a water glass, a watch, a candle, that magnifying glass on a chain on Lena's side table, that 50 plants book, a dollar, and some change, and some sort of audio speaker on Kane's side table. More books on the shelf below. This move of Kane's comes a line later in the script. He laughs and shoves her away playfully. Kane, shut up. Lena puts her hand on her chest, mimics herself. Lena, oh, oh to think, think my, my beloved Kane. She has rolled back toward him, puts her hand on his chest. Kane, okay. okay. Lena continued, is looking at this self-same moon. This is an interesting line because it feels like a specific reference and not just a casual use of antiquated language. 
At best, though, it could be a reference only to Shakespeare's Sonnet 15, which is not even particularly romantic. Instead, Sonnet 15 is about mortality and legacy. The self-same sky of its line 6 connects young men to plants, which would work as a reference later in the film, but not in this particular context. But the use of such language in this context, the man going off to war, so to speak, the woman left behind, put my mind to Madame Butterfly instead. Specifically, my favorite interpretation of the story, a 2001 stop-motion short film by Pyotr Sepajin, which removes any dialogue and uses its marionette-centered content to explore themes of self-destruction, not unlike Annihilation. Like Annihilation, Madama Butterfly, the story of a young Japanese girl taken as an American soldier's wartime wife, then left behind to birth and raise his child in his absence, has a convoluted adaptation history. Since it has been a while, I will reiterate the Annihilation version. While the film is a direct adaptation of Jeff Vandermeer's novel Annihilation, character names and specific thematic details come from J.G. Ballard's The Crystal World, and other Ballardian stories, but mostly that one. Additionally, Alex Garland's specific notion of what Annihilation is about owes a great deal to Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing, to Roadside Picnic by Arkady and Boris Strugatsky, and the film adaptation thereof, Andrei Tarkovsky's Stalker. Vandermeer himself was certainly inspired by Roadside Picnic as well. Plus, certain themes beyond the science fiction angles of Ballard or Vandermeer, or the Strugatskys, can be traced back to the likes of Virginia Woolf's To the Lighthouse, or Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. And much of the cosmic horror angle of this owes a debt to H.P. Lovecraft as well. Puccini's popular opera, Madama Butterfly, comes from a mix of John Luther Long's short story, Madame Butterfly, and the play based thereon by David Belasco. Long claimed to have based his short story on real stories from his sister, who was married to a missionary in Nagasaki. But the details of the 1887 French novel Madame Chrysanthème by Pierre Loti, which itself is partly autobiographical, can be mapped onto Long's story. Soldier takes a temporary wife while in Japan, then leaves without her. The key change that Long made was to focus the story on the geisha instead of the soldier. It was published in the January 1898 issue of Century Illustrated Monthly Magazine. Belasco's play, in particular, sets the action entirely after the soldier, Pinkerton, has been gone for two years. Butterfly has named his son Trouble, but plans to change the name to Joy when Pinkerton returns. The focus is on Butterfly and her vigil. Indeed, the one-act play has a 14-minute silent vigil before its tragic ending, and while Butterfly's suicide attempt was unsuccessful in long story, Belasco makes it successful. Compare this to Lena's story here. Cain abandoned her, was lost for a year, returns as someone other, really, than himself, and in the end, we have instead of a silent vigil, a silent dance slash combat with an alien echo of herself, and both a successful suicide and a survival. The details differ, of course, but all these various stories share broad strokes that, depending on which ones you might have read or seen on stage or on the screen, affect the way you understand and experience the story. Plus, if we can connect Lena to Butterfly, who is Trouble? In this story, is it the other Kane, the other Lena, the black bear that echoes the tattoo on Kane's chest, and is there joy in the end?
finally, regarding Madama Butterfly, Chadwick Jenkins suggests on the Columbia University Opera Project, no date, quote, The libretto of Madama Butterfly is one of those rare instances in operatic history where the text is actually an improvement over its sources. The dimensions of the opera, the finely etched depictions of its characters, its inexorable progress to its denouement, and the beautiful verses and dialogue constructed by Giuseppe Giacosa all stand in marked contrast to the writings discussed above. Coupled with Puccini's emotionally charged musical score, Madama Butterfly produces an effect at once intimate and overwhelming, a haunting portrayal of the dangers of misguided love. End quote. But back to the bedroom. Back to Annihilation. Second 23, Kane grabs Lena's arm and pushes it away. Kane, stop. <laughs> Lena, oh, oh my, my distant celestial so friend. <laughs> Kane tickles her. She laughs and almost stops speaking. Considering where this scene began, this moment is a good one for the couple. Lena rolls away, then back, raises a finger. Lena, laughingly. No, no. no. <laughs> Lena keeps going, putting her hand on Kane's cheek. Lena, continued, please care for my... Kane grabs her, tries to stop her talking. Lena, continued, brave soldier. Second 32, angle across Lena on Kane as he rolls up on top of her. She looks at him almost seriously, but in context you can tell she is simply playing along. Kane. Jesus, you know what? You are disrespectful, seriously. Not, not only to your former comrades in the armed forces, forces but, also the but also to the president. Lena, you he forgot the flag. Kane tickles her again. She laughs. Kane, oh, I'm, oh, I'm getting to the motherfucking flag. Lena can no longer talk because he's tickling her too hard. She becomes helpless with laughter. She squirms, eventually catching her breath back. Lena, oh, oh my, my hero. hero. Kane, screw you. Lena freezes. Lena, okay. She grabs him behind his neck and kisses him. Passion. We begin to hear the sound of thunder before the cut. Exterior. Southern Reach facility slash viewing platform. Night. Second 50. Lena stands on the viewing platform, leaning against the guardrail. She stands, elbows on the railing, hands together at her mouth, as if in prayer. There are at least two occupied tables off to the left. We can hear women talking, but cannot make out any words. Knowing what is coming, we might notice Anya Thorinson specifically looking toward Lena. But in context of this moment, we have not met her yet. Second 56, we get another angle from above and to the right. There are three tables. A man and a woman share the one closest to the corner of the platform. A man and two women share the table closest to where Lena stands. But our focus, because of the slight favor from the lighting, and that one of them has looked noticeably toward Lena, is the third table. Three women we will meet properly next minute. They have a blue and white cooler beside their table. Anya, Gina Rodriguez, though she is too blurry to identify just yet, turns to Josie and Cass. Anya, don't you think we should make friends? Cass, David Avani. Wait, obviously. And time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Thank you.
creation is all we are. Annihilation. 